Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Today we are going to speak about starting a new power exchange relationship. Always an interesting topic for some people. We started on this last week on our question of the week, and we realized that uh, we had a lot to say about it. So we said, eh, let's expand it out and let's talk about it today. Let's see what we can cover. If you are a uh, longtime listener of the podcast, you'll recognize that the format's going to be a little bit different today. I'm trying a special flash format. <laughs> it's uh, quicker, no interview, no fancy audio. Um, I really like the way that I spend a little bit of time and slap some sound effects and some bubbles and some musical mm-hmm. segues and stuff. But sometimes you're like, let's just knock out a podcast and keep going on with our day. Hopefully we'll have a uh, still have somewhat of a enjoyable podcast for people to listen to without all the bells and whistles, but uh, we'll give it a shot. We'll see what it looks like. Oh, I kind of like this idea. I feel like we're running behind a little bit, and this should catch us up. And people want their damn podcast. They do want their podcast. Last weekend, we uh, went to the Ohio... Uh, what was it? The... It's the Ohio Valley Regional Leather Contest. Yeah, and that was a, that was a lot of fun. Friday it night was. and Saturday yes. nights. And uh, we got to see a variety of different judging. So here's the, the deal with these uh, leather <laughs> contests, if you haven't been to one before. It's, uh, it's quite, it is a contest, and it is a matter of being, you know, people have different titles that they're running for. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was Leather Bear. One was Leather Cub. Cub. There was two Blue Bat. Bloop bla- <laughs> boot blacks. Also known as boot blacks, yes. <laughs> also known as boot blacks. Uh, titles, there was Master Slave title, there was uh, um, Mr. Ohio Leather Pride and something Miss like Ohio that. Leather yeah. Pride, something like that. Something like that. And people would have to do a variety of things to get uh, <laughs> these titles. Like, um, I think there was an interviewing that went on before anybody came to the event. I think that's all done in private. Mm-hmm. And then um, they're graded by judges. And what we saw between Friday night and Saturday night, we saw pop questions right. asked on stage. We saw, um, oh, I think we mentioned this last time too, we saw their bar fetish, their formal barware, mm-hmm. and their uh, <laughs> their fantasies. Yes. So they performed those on stage. The boot blacks actually were given um, pairs of icky, icky, icky boots. <laughs> and each one had to clean one of the boots of the pair so that mm-hmm. you could see the beginning and the after. So mm-hmm. that was really cool, too. And um, they all put on a little show together. And I mean, just a lot of stuff went into it. We got to see how many tattoos each one had because they had to <laughs> point them out and list them and just things like that. It was really awesome. Mm-hmm. So some of the... Um some of the contest is about skills, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's about, you know, when they introduce you, what you've done for the community, what kind of right. interactions you've had with other people and groups and organizations within the community. How do you support, and you'll hear this word again, community. community. Mm-hmm. So it is very much a community effort. Part of it is part beefcake. Yes. You know, showing off your fetish wear, showing off your tats, 
Um, part of it is, you know, what you know about the lifestyle. As we mentioned, there's a variety of interviews. Part of it's how you flag mm-hmm. what hankies that you have and in which pocket. And uh, it was a very interesting experience. Uh, we in the kink community have no formal recognition Mm-mm. like that. No. So it's... Um, it was a nice experience for us, and it was a good experience for us as we're getting ready to run for a title ourselves. Exactly. So, oh my gosh. That's coming up in like two weeks. Yes. <laughs> flutter, and, uh, flutter. <laughs> I have to admit, I've, <laughs> I've been thinking about it, uh, nearly obsessing on mm-hmm. it, and I'm trying to keep it enjoyable, not yes. like nothing that's become stressful, but instead, and it's great reflections for us on... Um, just the the way that the, our community views us. We went to a munch in Dayton, Ohio last night. Yes, and um, almost cried again. <laughs> just just the the generosity and the well wishes and the support mm-hmm. that we've gotten. Um, that in itself has made me. And I know this is cliche, but that in itself has made me feel like a winner. Absolutely. So, I mean, whether we win or lose this, and we, we do have some competition, whether we win or lose this, we've already won. You know, we, we've learned some stuff about ourselves, about our relationship. We've been quizzing each other and, you know, just rehashing, that's not the right word, but re-reminding us of why we do this. Mm-hmm. So I've actually enjoyed myself. And I get to, and I've got people like like... I've been trying all kinds of fetish clothes, and I've been getting excited. (laughs) You know, I've been a little more diligent about making it to the gym. You've been a little bit more diligent about getting on your bicycle and riding around (laughs) and stuff. And um, it's just been a wonderful experience overall so Mm -hmm. far. And maybe uh, three weeks from now, if we go and we lose, we'll come back and say what a crap load of crap it is. Crappity crap crap. Mm -hmm. Though, though, yeah. Exactly. And uh, what's funny, though, is with these contests, well, at least we have competition. With these contests, if you run unopposed, you can still lose Mm -hmm. because they have a point system. Right. So at least if we lose, like you were saying last night, at least we've lost to somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's not like we've lost to ourselves. (laughs) Right, right. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I know what happens, but I couldn't imagine. (sighs) That would be rough, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you said, it does happen, and I kind of like that because it does allow, if for a particular title only one person's running, mm-hmm. A, they can still run for it, and B, it's still a legitimate um, title. Yes. You know, because the, and, and we know we were talking to people the other night, and they say, yeah, we know people that have run for these titles and not gotten the title, even though they were the only one running because mm-hmm. they didn't reach a certain point threshold. It's worth noting that these titles really only... Uh, mean that you're going to do even more for the community. An expectation of winning a title is that now you're going to do even more. Getting right. out there, more supportive, uh, reaching out to more places. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that uh, are totally unfamiliar with this, these are not giving you the ability to actually... Uh, there's no money attached to nope. it. The, the, sometimes there's travel funds attached to it, but it's not like a paid position. You don't, you don't get shit for it other than... The fact that you get to do a little extra work for the you community. You get to wear a sash and you get to go out and teach some more. Yep, absolutely. So uh, that's the whole title bit. And um, the only other, I, I guess the only other thing we have going on right now is to, to point out the, the uh, fact that we do not have motorcycles. I know, but soon, soon. Well, maybe. I don't know. Not soon enough. <laughs> not soon enough. Our um, 
sponsor for this podcast, Adventures in Sexuality, for those that do have motorcycles, mm-hmm. next weekend they are doing their um, motorcycle ride down to beautiful Hocking Hills and around uh, to up U- to Utica. Which, yeah. if uh, if I was stop riding a motorcycle to Utica, I would stop for the ice cream. Absolutely. So they got their own little ice cream factory up there for velvet ice cream. So if you have a motorcycle, you want to get involved in the community a little bit, and uh, you have um, a hankering to go out and see a little bit of the beautiful side of Ohio, mm-hmm. you can head on over to adventuresinsexuality.org and find out more about the Adventures in Sexuality motorcycle ride that is happening this weekend. Vroom, vroom. Maybe I can be a passenger. <laughs> I really, I actually, I like their promo, uh, put something hard and vibrating, vibrating between, between your legs. <laughs> After I got you out of the bedroom. No, no, you have to read the rest of the promo here immediately. <laughs> so the, um, let's move right into our topic. Sure. But wait. But wait. Before we do that. Shouldn't you remind people how they can contact us? I guess I should. Because then they can tell us if they like the Flash format or if they prefer the longer, beefier, interview-filled format. Okay. Well, it'd be nice to know. This is new for us. So one way they can do that is by email at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. They can use the comment form on the webpage, eroticawakening.com. We can be found on Facebook under Erotic Awakening, one All word. One word. <laughs> Uh, we have voicemail 206-309-0054. FetLife is Erotic Awakening, two words. And uh, on Twitter, we can be found as Dan and Dawn. Yay. It's so hard not to have, just wait there. Like, all right, I'll edit this part and put the music uh-huh. in. Now, what do you want to do now? <laughs> so uh, what we're talking about this mo- or this podcast is... It is... See, this is the part where I'm going to be editing and chopping and cutting. (laughs) How to start a new power exchange relationship. So we talked about that um, to some extent last week. Mm -hmm. Although in that case, it was more of a, the the question was, how do I start a slave training? Right, right. So, and I think these kind of go a little bit hand in hand, though you could have slave training and it not be about a power exchange relationship. So... Um, you know, because there's all kinds of relationships. If it's just a training issue, you're still training a slave, but it's not part of a relationship. And I can think of a couple of examples. And, uh, you know, it'd be interesting for us to do, and I don't, I don't know that I would actually do a show on this because I think that you and I are really weird. Okay. Yes, we are. <laughs> we could do a, we have some experience with once you've been in an established power exchange relationship for a significant amount of time mm-hmm. how do you weather a non-power exchange relationship which you and i both have external right. non-power exchange relationships right that's an interesting aspect of our lives as well but um i think that it's very rare for people to go from non-power exchange relationships into power exchange relationships and then try and work them both at the same time right yeah so we'll save that for the two or three obscure listeners that, oh, yeah, I could relate to that. <laughs> but uh, in starting a power exchange relationship, we'll start off a little definition. In this case, could be dom-sub, could be master-slave, could be whatever terminology you want to use. But I think that one of the things that we're defining here is that this is is a relationship, right? not just play sessions, not just uh, the aspect of who spanks who. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, and um, I want to point out that um, 
I would really look at and see if this is something that you want to do. I mean, it is not going to be all fantasy. I mean, a lot of us start out thinking of it as fantasy, you know, and that's what gets us all hot and going. But um, this relationship takes a lot of work. It is different, and we don't have role models. You know, the funny thing is that um, I'm going to actually advise that one of the first things in starting a power exchange relationship is you may have role models, actually. It's possible. That is true. I understand what you're saying is we're not raised with role models. And we don't have any media role models. Right. So which is where a lot of us get our stuff from. And my understanding is that most people that are familiar with most most people that are not part of the kink community but are familiar with like master slave mm-hmm. type stuff or dom dom A's and that kind of stuff they get it from like tv shows like uh csi i think is one of oh, the popular yeah. ones mm. um or even or your favorite show bones yeah there was know? a little bit of that on it's, there you but know, when when pony play goes wrong i know they die of latex poisoning or yeah. something like that I don't yeah know. it was it was weird so but they don't really show it as a healthy Thing. I haven't seen it portrayed as a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. There always seems to be something that's gone wrong or, you know, somebody's teasing somebody else about it or, you know, something like that. People don't understand. So as uh, people that have uh, listened to the podcast before know, we are big fans of being involved in the community. Mm-hmm. How you decide to be involved in the community, if you even decide to be involved in the community, is totally up to you. But... If you're going to start a power exchange relationship and you have no background in power exchange relationships and you don't know anybody in power exchange relationships, it's really difficult to get started. So by being part of the community, finding that local chapter of MAST or whatever... Whatever local version that you have of a DSMS support group, mm-hmm. that would be really great. Um, we're lucky in Ohio that we, we do have a couple and a lot of the... Um, the regional groups, you know, that are in the different cities also have a special interest group for mm-hmm. the power exchange people. So, and that, that's a great way to get started because you're not going to learn from books. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a, uh, a DS or an MS group in town, a mass mm-hmm. chapter or whatever, then get involved in the local BDSM group is right. a good way to get started because we will find that most BDSM groups have some people that identify as dom-sub or master-slave. Right. And, I mean, you could go online. Some people start online to get their information, but the problem there is is that you get a lot of people that have thought about it, Mm -hmm. giving you advice, instead of people living it. If you find people in person, you're going to find people living it. You're going to be able to ask the question, the one that you usually bring up, you know, who takes out the garbage? Right, right. Is it a slave thing? Is it a guy thing? Is it a, well... you get to ask the questions and see what other people do and see if it works for you. Yeah, I'm absolutely true. If you go out to, um, for example, FetLife, mm-hmm. you go, there's one of the bigger groups on FetLife. is called Master and Slave. And um, if you want to test this theory, head over to that group and you post this question. <laughs> post a question like, um, my master says that he, he commands that I go suck some guy's cock that I've never met before. Right. Do I have to obey him? And you'll get a wide variety mm-hmm. of answers, everything from saying, look, you're, you've chosen to be this person's slave, so you obey, end of story, right. to someone else will write you a four-page thesis on uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Somebody also say, and this is, somebody always says, you're a free will person, and you mm-hmm. have the choice, and you have the power, and you can just take that collar off at any moment. Um, and you'll get all this variety of different answers. So, right, and 
there's value in these internet discussions, but there's no guidance. There is no right, truth. Right. So, you know, I, and personally, I love sitting in a room of people watching their facial expressions as questions are asked, you know, watching the body language as they answer the questions. And it, it's just, it's just so nice. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's just this great value in it. You know, if, um, we're sitting in a room and as we've said before, if we're sitting in the room and you say, Hey, I lost, I'm the, um, the Dom in the house, but I lost my job. Mm -hmm. Do I do the laundry or is my sub supposed to go do her job and come home and take care of me and to have other people in the room that are sitting across me saying, Oh man, I tell you when I did that, here's what I, you know, when that happened in my life, here's how we handled it. You know, even when it's bad advice or bad, you know, if they say the way we did it was, you know, really didn't work. Right. That's wonderful, you know, ex experience as well. So, you know, and sometimes the questions that we ask in person, you know, can touch on some, some little triggers. So, you know, when people respond online, you don't know that you've touched a trigger, but that's how they're responding. If you're sitting in here, and that's part of what I'm saying with the body language and stuff. If you're sitting in our living room and we're having an MS chat and a question comes up and sometimes I've had to bury my face in your leg. You know, so, and then, you know, everybody sees that. So they kind of like slow down for a little bit and then I could take a breath and think and come up with an answer. So it's, it's just very personal. It's really, really, really helped us mm -hmm. in, in the 11 years we've been doing this. Yeah. Now to jump backwards a little bit, mm -hmm. you mentioned uh, that we're not going to find these answers in books. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm going to point out there are some good books out there that are going to give you good reference material. Masters and Slave Relationships by uh, Bob uh, or Robert Ruppel. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of legitimate good stuff in there. Um, the Master's Manual, which I believe is by Ranella. I Jack believe Ranella. so, yes. Again, I found a lot of useful, valuable stuff in there. Mm -hmm. So... All those, these books and many others are certainly worth having on your bookshelf and have, and worth reading. Right, right. But kind of like um, with other paths, you can read and read and read and read and read. But until you attempt it mm -hmm. and live it, you're not going to understand all the nuances that can't be put into words. Right. So, yeah. Now, one of the things we talked about uh, previously that I think, you know, the getting started in this power exchange relationship, the, the first thing that you need to do is you sit down with that person mm -hmm. that you're going to be in a power exchange relationship with and you have a conversation saying, hey, you know, um, I would like to explore the possibility of this style of relationship and here's what it means to me. Right. And here's what I see my role as being and here's what I see your role as being and letting mm -hmm. that other person saying, oh boy, I've been thinking the same thing but I see my role as da-da and, um, uh, you know, giving each other that opportunity to have that space to talk about it, explore it, and doing so as you're a big fan of saying, you know, doing it as peers. Yeah, and that's something that I was um, going to touch on with the last podcast, you know, doing it as peers. And the reason that I really stress that with submissives and slaves is because... We have this desire, or most slaves and submissives I know, we have this desire to please our master. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means um, maybe swallowing what we think will please us. 
because we don't think we should mention it or we don't think it's important or as important as, you know, what master thinks and things like that. So we really have to take the time to really look in ourselves, you know, do some introspection and see what's really important to us and then lay it on the table. Because if, if, we need to know, I mean, if, if I keep inside of me that I really need something and I don't present it and you say you need something and it's different than mine, right. it's going to come to a head sometime later. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, might as well do it while you're peers. Sure. Sure. The classic one that we normally refer to because it strikes home with a lot of people is if one of the partners is committed to a monogamous relationship, it's just you and me, and that's the way it right, is. Right, right. And the other person is committed to a polyamorous lifestyle mm-hmm. that they're, they're so brimming with love that they want to be able to share it, you know. Um, and you don't express that to begin with, that I need this. And the other person, right, right. There's a big conflict there. Now, that's not to say people don't change over time. Mm-hmm. And we, we acknowledge that. We recognize that. But... You know, it's, it's good to put your cards on the table when you get started. To exactly. To the best of your ability. To the best of your ability. And some things you may not know until you actually try it. So, and another thing that popped into my head um, with examples of this, it could be something as simple as one person is a micromanager and the other person either doesn't like to be micromanaged or doesn't want to micromanage. Mm-hmm. So if you need someone, you know, if you've got someone that needs a lot of structure and a lot of, you know, you will fold my underwear this way and it'll be, you know, so many inches from this and, you know, or put my plate here or you're going to comb the dog this way or whatever. And the other person doesn't get into that. That's something else that you would need to know, too. How do you sure. organize your your thoughts and how you organize your life? And there's some concern of the fact that you're not going to be able to get all this out, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe it's going to take some time before it all comes out. But again, you know, we're, the idea is you're going to build a foundation to the best of your ability. Right, right. So if you do your needs, wants, and desires list, that's a place to get started. Mm-hmm. So. And, and that's why I'm a big fan of uh, creating a contract. Yes. You know, uh, a lot of people are familiar with marriage contracts. And mm-hmm. I bet you, oh, listeners, if you are married <laughs> and you signed a marriage contract, um, can you tell me what's on there? You probably, probably could, not. You probably could quote, I'm supposed to love and honor. Honor and obey. Wait but, a minute. Some people wipe that and obey out. <laughs> but I bet you don't, at least with, in my experience, I didn't have a, uh, any idea what was in my marriage contract. Right. But when I've created slave or relationship contracts, and we call them slave contracts, mm-hmm. um, I know what's in there. Because I'm the one that's right. putting it down and we're committing it. And it's not only is it, again, this we talked earlier about, you know, you know, exploring your needs and your wants and your mm-hmm. desires. Well, now you're putting a little bit of energy and commitment towards those needs, wants, and desires in the form of a written contract. Right. And you've discussed it and you've thought about it. And I, I consider these relationships um, a little more intense. I mean, this is something that you're co-creating that's uh, way different than the norm. So I, yeah... We'll know, we know, every time we change our contract, which we do, it's something I like to mention, some people don't like contracts because they think they're static, mm-hmm. that they'll stay the same through the whole relationship. Well, we make a point to review ours. We used to review it monthly, little pieces of it, and then we would review the whole thing and change it as needed, like uh, on our year anniversary. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we did was... Um we kept that same foundation for the contract, but as mm-hmm. time goes by, 
and we had other needs we wanted to uh, approach, we would um, give the contract a good editing. Yes. So, and that's how we um, use the contract to grow. So, oh, and you know what, though? I want to point out one more thing that, mm-hmm. that could be um, something that needs to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Because I started thinking sex again, which I tend to do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, if, if I am bi and I need to be bi, mm-hmm. you know, that's something else that has to be brought up as well. So, because some people may not want me to be bi. Sure, sure. You know? So I need to bring that up that I have Crazy to have... Crazy people. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> no, we know of some people. So that one is bi, but now isn't allowed to be because she agreed in her oh, slave okay. contract you're right, you're right. that she wouldn't. I had so, scratched my head there for a moment. But yes. yeah, you're right. I, I remember that now. Right. So, you know, you have to look at some things. You know, if you if you think you may need something, you have to look at it and see if it's really a want. And if the other person, you know, it, so it's... It sounds complicated, but it really isn't. No, not at all. And um, by building this foundational stuff, you know, giving this Mm -hmm. beginning of the relationship a lot of thought, you'll end up um, getting you hitting the ground running, as they say. Yes. So, and with having it in writing, um, there's going to be arguments. Even with master and slave, I mean, you may not call them arguments, but there may be a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be some downtimes. There may be some uh, just floundering, especially when you get started. You can always refer back to the contract. Mm-hmm. This is what we agreed on. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was slipping back into vanilla. I'm sorry. This is the foundation we wanted. This is, you know, this feels good. And you can get that reminder and go back to it. Yep. And then... um you know, the one other thing I want to say about this is as you do this and as you get ready to make this commitment, put a time limit on it, you know? Oh, say, absolutely. Let's do it for a month or six months or a year, mm-hmm. right? And don't make it all crazy if you're, if you're feeling a little unsure whether this is right for you. You know, we know people that do it for a weekend. I say, well, go try right. this for a weekend and see how it feels, oh, right? Actually, that's how we got started. Absolutely. You know, the, the, um, my ex-husband would take the kids for the weekend and it would be like, Okay, let's immerse ourselves and see what it's like. And you know, it was fun because it was a weekend, but you also got an idea of how intense it was going to be. You were taking responsibility, I was totally surrendering. Mm-hmm. And that can, yeah, intense. The last weekend we did like that has lasted 11 years now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, you've done all this part, just do it. Yes. Take a breath, take the slave. Command him or heal her to kneel for you and make it a ritual. Make it significant. You know, if you're a master, offer that collar with the conviction and confidence that even though you may screw up, you'll own it. You'll fix it. Mm-hmm. And be the custodian of that relationship. And slaves, accept that collar with all your heart. And accept that it means you're going to strive to serve without question. To serve in perfect trust. And do your best. Wow. Wow. (sighs) Well, so what do we got coming up next week, Dawn? Well, we've got a couple of things we can choose from. All right. Well, I would like to go ahead and do our interview 
with the uh, woman that runs the Center for Sex Positive. Oh, yeah, Elena. So it is the Community Center for Sex Positive Culture. Something like that. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Seattle, Washington. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we'll bring next week then. Awesome. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan. Erotic Awakening is proud to support the Leather Heart Foundation, a nonprofit organization created to provide charitable assistance to individuals of all sexual orientations in the leather, BDSM, and fetish community. You can donate or find out more at leatherheart.org. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. Sarah Sloan appears on Erotic Awakening courtesy of Love Your Parties. Find out more about Love Your Parties and Sarah Sloan at www.sarahsloan.net. Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.